God, you're so good. You are so good to us to bring us here. Those that are at home watching, you're so good to us. We don't deserve it, but you're good regardless. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been in this series called Wisdom for Life. It's a walk through the book of Proverbs, that, that great wisdom book of the Bible. We'll be looking at what it has to say about some of the most pressing issues of our daily life. So far, we've, we've looked at what it has to offer us about things such as relationships, money, and parenting. Today, today we're going to look at what it has to offer us about marriage. And not just marriage in general, because when you look at the book of Proverbs, one aspect of marriage it is most concerned about, it, it looks at it over and over again, verse after verse, proverb after proverb, there's one topic that comes up over and over again. It has to do with marital faithfulness. In other words, adultery. See, the wisdom of Proverbs wants to, wants to give to us can be brought together under four headings. The danger of adultery, the makeup of an adulterer, how to guard your life against adultery, and how to enrich your marriage in order to avoid adultery. Now, I know that's a lot to cover in one sermon. But Proverbs is pretty quick and direct, so let's go ahead and jump in with the danger of adultery, beginning in the second chapter of Proverbs, where it says this, For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you, Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman, from the seductive words of a promiscuous woman. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. my slides to catch up with me. Wise choices will, will watch over you. She has abandoned her husband and ignores the covenant she made before God. I'm not sure that's the verse that's supposed to be up there. Entering her house leads to death. It is the road to the grave. The man who visits her is doomed. He will never reach the path of life. 
then chapter 6 says this, Can a man scoop a flame into his lap and not have his clothes catch on fire? Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? So it is with the man who sleeps with another man's wife. He who embraces her will not go unpunished. But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. He will be wounded and disgraced. His shame will never be erased. You see, it's not about a woman or a man. It goes both ways. And then finally, the seventh chapter of Proverbs says this, All at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare little knowing what it will cost, that it will cost him his life. So do you see how seriously the Bible takes the danger of adultery? It leads to spiritual death. It leads to separation from God, to punishment and self-destruction, relational conflict and hostility. It's not just a fling. It's not just sex. It's so much more than that. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible speaks of the mystery and the wonder of sex, the sacredness of marital intimacy. In fact, it uses marriage to describe our union with God through Christ. To violate that is to tear apart the very fabric of our spiritual life. But our culture, our culture has trivialized sex that it's nothing more than a physical act. But that's a lie because it's actually sacred ground. It's spiritual territory, and few things destroy a life more than adultery. Now, I think most of us already know that. We know it's not plan A. I, I doubt anyone actually gets married and starts planning on cheating on their husband or their wife. Nobody wants to hurt their kids. Nobody wants to end up in divorce. Nobody wants to hurt their spouse in the deepest and most violating of ways. But let's, let's move on with the wisdom of how to avoid this in our life. You know how much I dislike a handheld microphone. All right. I guess I should turn this one off then. I'm told the live stream can't hear me, and I do not like handheld microphones. But it is what it is.
So the wisdom of how to avoid this in our life. See, Proverbs gives us three very specific steps to take. First, stay away from adulterers. Number two, guard your thought life. And number three, feed your marriage. See, the first counsel is to stay away. Proverbs chapter 5 says, Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. It doesn't get much more clear than that. Stay away from people who are adulterous in nature. Well, how do you know if someone is adulterous in nature? Well, Proverbs tells us that too. Also in Proverbs chapter 5, it says, For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison. As dangerous as a double-edged sword, her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. For she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. See, that's what to look for. The marks of a person who's given over to this form of unfaithfulness, the first mark is their speech. The Bible tells us that it's sweet and smooth and full of oil, meaning that it, it greases the path. The kind of language that opens the door, plants a seed, makes a suggestion. They bring up sexual issues. They tell off-color jokes, maybe make hints. They flatter profusely. They play to your ego. Maybe they talk about your spouse in derogatory ways, or they talk about their own spouse in unflattering ways. So the first warning sign is their speech. The second sign is that they promise nothing but joy, fun, fulfillment, excitement, escape, love, and intimacy. The, the Bible tells us, but in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. The, the key verse there is, in the end. Which means, in the beginning, it isn't bitter. At the beginning, it doesn't seem all that dangerous. At the beginning, it might even seem wonderful. Which is the mark of all sin, isn't it? Sin never advertises itself and its consequences. It never parades around what, will, what it will actually do to your life. See, sin portrays it as always good, pleasurable, and fun, but that's what you need to look out for. When someone tries to make it seem 
like something you know is bad is actually somehow good, run from it. The third descriptive mark is that this person gives absolutely no thought to their way of life. They're without conscious. They rationalize everything. Who do they, they say, who do they think they are judging me? Proverbs chapter 30 puts it this way. It says, an adulterous woman consumes a man then wipes her mouth and says, what's wrong with that? See, in most adulterous relationships, there's an initiator, an aggressor. While adultery certainly takes two, there's usually someone taking the lead, someone trying to make it happen. See, the classic mark of an adulterer is someone who's trying to get you to commit adultery. And I know we don't run into too many people who come up to us and say, hey, let's have an affair. Usually much more subtle than that. What, what you will meet are people who are open to one, Maybe even looking for one or maybe being drawn into one. And they are the people who will lead you, who will coerce you, who will influence you, and who will tempt you. They may be people who know that they are attractive to you. People who may prey off of your weakness. People who will seduce you. But the wisdom from the Bible is to remove yourself from them. Because you can't slug it out with lust and win. The, the responsibility ultimately rests on us. The wisdom of Proverbs is directed to those of us on the receiving end. It says to stay away from those people at all costs. A second bit of wisdom to, is to guard your thought life. Proverbs chapter six, 6 says this, Don't lustfully fantasize on her beauty, nor be taken in by her bedroom eyes. Adultery begins in the mind long before it ends up in the bed. In fact, it's been said that the most important sexual organ is your brain. In fact, Jesus said, don't put yourself, don't pat yourself on the back if you haven't slept with the person you filled your mind and heart and lust for. That's doing everything but consummating it. And I like how Proverbs put, talks about this. It says, don't let her captivate you with her beauty. Meaning, it's a choice. You can dwell on someone, do second glances, or soak them in and fantasize, or not. It's a choice. 
And make no mistake, adultery begins with that choice. You may say, well, I, I just can't ignore someone who's good looking. See, that's not what this is about. It's not the first glance. It's the second and the third, the long stare. It's what you do with what you see. The thoughts and the fantasies and the lust. Wisdom says, stop it. And porn, it's like taking gasoline and pouring it all over you and lighting a match and wondering why you're on fire and burning up. The third and final piece of wisdom that Proverbs gives us is to feed your marriage. Proverbs chapter 5 puts it this way. It says, Enjoy the wife you married as a young man. Lovely as an angel, beautiful as a rose, or I'll change that to a peony because that's Amy's favorite flower. Don't ever quit taking delight in her body. Never take her love for granted. Why would you trade enduring intimacies for cheap thrills with a whore? For dalliance with a promiscuous woman. Enjoy your marriage. Many of you know, Amy and I just celebrated our 20th anniversary. Don't don't take it for granted. Invest in your marriage. James Dobson once wrote something, and I'll be honest, I don't agree with James Dobson on a lot of things, but this I actually do. He wrote about life and called it a straight life. The straight life is, you know, mowing the lawn, working 50 weeks a year, taking two or three weeks of vacation. It's spending money wisely and carefully on clothes and braces, cribs and little league, and when you'd rather be out buying a boat or a sports car. It's going to work five days a week, week in, week out, when you'd rather be on the golf course. It's being responsible paying your taxes, cleaning out the garage. It's staying married when there are temptations to do the opposite. And let's be honest, the, the straight life gets very, very heavy for all of us. In our 20 years of marriage, it hasn't always been the straight life. But I thank God that we've always come back to the straight life especially when there are voices calling us off of that life. Everywhere we go, we hear, you're number one. Make yourself happy. Don't let anyone cramp your style. Go for it. YOLO? Do they still say that anymore? You, you deserve more. See, there are four primary voices that are notorious for calling us off of that straight life. Time and time again, the first of those voices is pleasure. 
Dobson tells of a high school vice principal who ran off with his secretary, and when he asked him, why did you leave your wife and kids, the, the answer was pretty shockingly honest. The guy said, well, two kids is all I ever wanted. But my wife started nagging me for another one, and we ended up with twins. And the fifth was just an accident. Our house is constantly filled with noise and confusion. And quite frankly, fun and games looked pretty good to me. A second voice that calls people off of the straight life is romanticism. The desire for some enchanted evening. Looking through an old scrapbook or yearbook and remembering what used to be. Finding that pressed flower from your senior prom. Wishing you could go back in time. Wondering if somebody still cares. Or if life is just passing you by. A third voice is sex. Now, this is usually the one that gets the most credit for people leaving that straight life. It's a powerful voice. It's not really why we leave, though. I mean, if that's all there was to it, if it was all just about the sex, you'd just go out and find a prostitute. The real reason the most powerful voice of all we haven't even raised yet, and it's the voice of ego. Ego is the most powerful voice of all, and it's the number one reason why people enter into an affair. It's the attention, the compliments. It's discovering that someone still finds you attractive. And appealing. In the seventh chapter of Proverbs, Solomon writes about a man who left his wife, and he says he couldn't resist her flattery. Now, how do people leave the straight life? Do they do it all at once? Do they take a hard right or a strong left hand turn? Usually not. More often than not, it's gradual. It occurs over time with a little departure here, a little departure there. A long lunch, a long intimate conversation, maybe a drive home, maybe a drink after work. And it builds up into a full-blown departure from the straight life. And then what happens? Do they live happily ever after? It's usually a rude awakening because it's usually not a Cinderella story. Because do you know what happens? They just establish another straight life. The romanticism starts to die down. The flaws come into focus. They have their first flight. First fight, the sexual relationship loses its glamour and becomes routine, and the needs of your ego begin to accumulate again, just like they did before. It's no wonder why research shows that 
80% of those who have an affair get divorced and then marry the person they had an affair with later say they wish they could go back to their first spouse. 80%. Some people never get this. Even after they've gone through it, y'all know those people that leave a trail of bodies in their way. So here comes the wisdom of Proverbs. The Bible has a vision for marriages that involves pleasure and romance and sexual gratification and support for your ego. Those things aren't found by leaving the straight life, but by staying on it. By dedicating ourselves to bringing them into our present marriages. See, faithfulness isn't just about adultery. It's about making your marriage everything that it was meant to be. Being faithful to your spouse in, the ter in terms of their needs. So reserve time for pleasure. Go out on dates together. Do things together for the sheer fun of it. Keep those romantic fires burning. Leave love notes, surprises, send flowers, or an edible arrangement. I got that one of those this week. Go on unexpected weekend trips. Reserve time and energy for meaningful sexual activity. Work hard at fulfilling each other's needs. Work overtime at building up each other's self-esteem, talking about how proud you are of them, looking for ways to compliment each other. Because love requires discipline. And investment. Because remember, it's a choice. So that's the wisdom Proverbs offers us for marriage and specifically about staying faithful in your marriage. Now, for those here, or maybe watching online, who aren't married and you're single, don't worry, you're coming next week about who to marry. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you that, you that you give us your words, Lord. That, that you're honest with us. And, and some of these truths are hard. They're not easy to come by. They're not easy to deal with. Sometimes they even make us just a tad bit uncomfortable. But thank you that your word has all of these things for us because there's nothing that we come up against that you haven't already provided for. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.